As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's a tough one. Obviously, it's going to be a, a league review and something that's out of our hands. But um, he's coming back into the defensive zone and into position and player cuts back into him. So it, it's a tough one. And um, again, I, I know the league will be looking into it. Well, the preseason is finally over. The next time we all get together, they'll be raising a banner to the roof at Capital One Arena. The big question, will Tom Wilson be there to see it? Certainly doesn't seem so, at least not on the ice, as we welcome you to a pop-up podcast on this Sunday afternoon. I'm Rob Carlin with J.J. Regan. There's only so many times Tom Wilson could look at his coaching staff and his teammates and into the cameras and say, what else do they want me to do? At some point, it's not the ref's problem. It's not the other player's problem. It's a Tom Wilson problem, and everyone we've talked to, J.J., seems to agree a suspension's coming. It's deserved. And there's a couple of people, I put the line at five and a half. There's a couple of people who went pretty strong that it's going to be more. I'm in the camp that it's going to be more. I don't see any possible way that he's going to avoid suspension here. It's going to be lengthy. He's a repeat offender. I mean, in the last season, from preseason to postseason, he got suspended three times. I mean, the big story around Tom Wilson from the playoffs was the hit to Zach Aston Reese, and we can't even get out of the preseason without him getting into hot water again, I don't see any way how he avoids suspension. And as you said, I mean, at, at this point, you lose the benefit of the doubt. You can't keep looking and say, what, what, me? Are you talking about me? Like, you can't keep doing that. And at this point, I mean, guy's got to change his game. I know it's in his nature. He wants to play physical. He doesn't want to give up that hit. But you got to be smart. It's the preseason. I mean... Yeah, the guy's shooting on your net. Let him go. What does it matter at this point? And it doesn't matter if it's the preseason or, or whenever. At some point, he has said a couple of different times, I mean, he's really well-spoken and really well thought out. So each and every time these things come up, he takes us through the whole machination of the play and what else is he supposed to do, and he wants to play physical. But he has said over and over, I understand now people are watching me, eyes are on me. I don't want to change my game, but I am have to change certain aspects of my game. Like you said, here we are in the preseason. The second period of the final preseason game, three days before this team's going to stand on the ice and watch that banner get raised, and just as the person in him, why would you risk missing that? And as the player, at, at some point you have to say, I can't put myself in this position because I'm too important to this team. You're a top-line right wing. You're a first-pair penalty killer. He, you take him out of that lineup, it's a hit. He's not just a, a fighting goon. He's an important player that was rewarded with a big contract. Right. You know, I, I've talked to Tom Wilson multiple times about this thing. He is, as you said, he's well-spoken. He's a smart guy. He studies the game intently because he, does, he knows he, he toes that line. He talks to people, you know, experts and people from the Department of Player Safety. He talks to people to try to gauge – 
okay, what makes this illegal? What is it they're looking for? And he's smart about those things. I, I'd be interested. I, I can't imagine there's anyone who would defend this that he would talk to, any of those experts, even from, all right, let's, let's take the diagramming of the play and what happened. Let's throw that out for one minute. And let's just go on the common sense. Based on common sense, this was a bad play. This was a bad play. Forget all everything else. Common sense. It's the preseason. You know everyone is looking at you. And so you hit a guy blindside up high. And yes, I understand that maybe he was dipped a little bit and Tom Wilson's a big guy. But you hit him high blindside. It's just not a smart play. And you know what? You're not a fourth-line goon anymore. You're on the top line. You, have, you play a big role on this team. We want to see you contribute more on the stat sheet, more goals, more offense, not these kinds of things. So it's just, you know, I know people, are, a lot of Cavs fans are going to diagram the play. They're going to say, well, look, it, it's, it's not totally his fault. It's not... Totally illegal. There's too many plays where it's not totally his fault. Right. At some and, point, and that's it's the his point. fault. That's the point. It, somehow, you know, 99% of the players in the NHL managed to play the game without getting suspended three times over the course of the season. And a fourth looming. Tom Wilson, he's lost the benefit of the doubt, and he needs to be smarter. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and we asked Todd Reardon, who came in here, and he has nothing else to say other than, He's going to wait and see what happens. It's, you know, it's a bang-bang play, and it's the middle of the ice. And, you know, we all know that the game has changed from the time Todd Reardon played the game and Locker played the game. But they all understand that the game has changed. Mm -hmm. So we, we see it in the NFL. It, it's not necessarily fair to these guys because they are bigger, they are faster, and they are stronger. But like you said, 99% of them have figured out a way to either not take that hit or do it in a way that's not going to get you suspended. And he's got to figure that out because we can't go through another season where he's suspended multiple times. And, and aside from that, we've covered all that. For, again, for him to miss that banner raising, yeah. every one of these guys said it's going to be chills. When I asked them for one word to describe what they anticipate it will be like, every one of them, chills, rewarding, pride, all those different things – Devontae Smith-Pelly said he, he thinks he might even cry. I mean, and he wasn't joking. This is potentially a once-in-a-lifetime thing you get to do, and now he's going to have to miss that or at least watch it in street clothes. And, you know, why risk it? Why risk it in the second period of the final preseason game? Yeah, this is going to sting, and it's going to sting if they gave him one because that one would be the banner raising. But it's going to sting because it's going to take him out of that one. And it's going to sting because it's going to be a big, big number. It's going to be a big number. Right. And, and you think about, I'm doing this off the top of my head, it's Boston, the, the banner raising. It's the next night in Pittsburgh. It's Vegas. I know there's Toronto in there. Uh, the first, you know, six or ten games, the opening stretch of games, I mean, it, it is a murderer's row. Right. So here's a team who wants to come out and show that there's no hangover from the cup. They could be without one of their most important players for a pretty important opening stretch of games. Yeah, those are important games. And the way the schedule goes out, even if he just got four games, that would take him out of the first two weeks of the season. Right. I, it's just because it's so spread out to start. I mean, we're talking, I think the, the West Coast trip is in jeopardy at this point. I think that's on the table. I mean, we're talking about him missing some significant time here. So it's going to be, I mean, 
this is going to hurt. It's going to be a big number, and it's going to take him out of some significant games for a team that's trying to avoid a Stanley Cup hangover and trying to adjust to a new head coach. I mean, this isn't – Todd Reardon, in his first few games as a head coach, is going to be missing his top-line light right wing. Right. That's, that's a challenge for the team. And so that it, goes back to what we said. Tom Wilson has to be smarter. This isn't just about – Tom Wilson missing games. It affects the team in a significant way. So Wednesday the 3rd, home for Boston. Thursday the 4th, at Pittsburgh. A week later on the 10th is home for Vegas. The next night of the 11th, they're at a very good Devils team. Saturday they play a really good Toronto team. Then Wednesday they get the Rangers and then Florida, and then it's that Western Canadian trip. So, yeah, you're looking at you know some big games that you're going to have to be without. Now how does what's the trickle down now? So how does this affect roster decisions? I mean, does this mean a guy like Jason Megna maybe gets kept around? What does it mean for Jonas Siegenthaler, who I believe can clear waivers to go down? Um, yes, yeah, so Siegenthaler is waiver exempt. Uh, offensively, you know, Jason Megna I think was going to make the team, but I mean, it's part of the losing your top-line guy. You have to find, okay, maybe you can move Oshie up, but you've got to find a guy, not just a Jason Megna, who you can plug into that fourth line. You've got to find a top-nine guy who you can be confident can contribute. So, you know, maybe we see a guy like Shane Gersers come back from Hershey already because right. I think he's waiver-exempt as well. Well, it'll be interesting because I don't know if you mess with Backstrom, Oshie, and Ronald. The, the right. first instinct, just move Oshie up. He's really a top-line right wing. Right, but that second line works right, so well together. Right, yeah. so there's a whole, you know, it's, it's the throwing a rock in a pond. There's a ripple effect yep. to a Tom Wilson suspension. But now that the, the preseason is over and this finale against St. Louis, you know, it's four goals in the third period, uh, Ovi and Oshie in the first 90 seconds of the period, five different goal scorers, Connolly gets his first, DSP gets his first, good to see Nick Dowd get his first. I thought he had a good uh, game and seems to have, with the injury to Travis Boyd, seems to have taken control of that fourth-line center. Um, look, I, I said when anyone would ask me, you know, can this team repeat? Sure, absolutely. This has been a Stanley Cup contender for a decade. Now they've learned how to play. And we saw a thought in that most of this game, I mean, they were kind of stifling in the neutral zone. They, St. Louis couldn't get much going. Now, it wasn't a lot of the, the regulars for St. Louis, but the, the system – that they learned in the playoffs it seems yeah. to be working and carrying over. Um, I think they got better as the preseason went along, as the starters started to incorporate. Even without Tom Wilson for however many games to start the season, I still like the makeup, the confidence, uh, and what they learned last year carrying over into this year. More than a hangover, I think what they learned, the structure and how to play the game the right way, that's going to be a bigger thing that's going to hang over into this season than I think the boozing it up in the offseason. Right. I, you know, everyone has made every joke about the, well, are they going to have a literal hangover or a Stanley Cup hangover? Yeah, yeah I get it. But the fact is, at training camp, I saw a very loose team but a very motivated team. The only thing that matters to them more than winning that first cup now is winning that second cup. And it's not, you know, when players tell you that, you roll your eyes and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell the difference when someone is saying that for a soundbite and when they mean it. This team legitimately wants a second Stanley Cup, and they came in motivated to do it. You know, you were worried about the short offseason, but, boy, most of them look like they are in really good shape and ready to go. So... I know everyone said, well, if there's one team that would have a, hang a Stanley Cup hangover, 
I'm actually not too worried about it. I think they're going to start off pretty well based on what I've seen from them in training camp. I know preseason that it was shaky at the start, but you also got to remember that the teams they're playing, they're playing a lot of those young guys who are going to be in the lineup, whereas the Caps, they're returning almost their entire lineup. So they're playing almost purely prospects in those first few games because, well, we got to get these, time, these guys time now because they're not going to get it in the preseason and they're not going to get it in the regular season. Yeah, you know, Alan always talked about it last year. The, the, there's an, an addictive feeling to winning. Like once you get it, you chase it that high. And I talked with Matt Niskanen and asked him about that. And he was like, once you get that taste, the way he said it, he was like, once you get that taste, there's a burning in your belly to do that again. He's like, that, that feeling of being a champion is so good. He's like, it literally burns inside me to do that again. And, um, you know, I think it'll be different this year because now they are the champs. And they know how to do it. Last year was, it was literally a journey. It was a process. <laughs> they trusted the process. At times, it didn't look like it was going to pay off, but they trusted a process and really came together from the night of April 1st in Pittsburgh straight through. Um, this year will be a different process, but I'm with you. I just see a bunch of dudes that when I asked every one of them again, one, now that you've checked that box, what's next to do on your bucket list? And they all said, except Chandler Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, he said skydive. <laughs> they all said win a second cup. Like every single one of them said win a second cup. And then Stevenson, I was like, you know you're the only guy that chose something else. Like what everyone else says, win it again. He's like. Oh, yeah. Can I say that? I was like, yeah. All right, I'll say that. But, like, literally, like, these guys, uh, you're right. These guys want to do that again yeah. badly. And I think they've certainly got a team that can do it again. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's so hard to get that championship formula exactly right. And they had the luxury of returning almost their entire team. And, yeah, you know, you don't want to downplay the, the role that Grubauer had last year or that Jay Beagle had. But if your biggest challenge is replacing a backup goalie and a fourth-line center, that's your biggest challenge, how many teams in the league would, would trade positions with you, you know? So I think they're in very good shape. They've got a team that you know can win. They've got a team that you know has depth and a team that can and will be very confident. They should be very confident entering the season. You're a Caps fan at heart. I mean, you're, yes. you're a diehard Caps fan. Yes. What do you think? You going to cry? You tear oh, up a little for bit the banner? for the banner. Oh boy, you know. Did you tear up at all when they won it? So, <laughs> I was celebrating, and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh, I have a lot of work to do right now. <laughs> so when I when I woke up the next day and started seeing the replays, then I, I got a little misty eyed a little bit. So now that since I you know I do mostly writing, when that banner goes up, there's not really anything I'll have to do. I'll just be able to enjoy it. Yeah, there may be a tear or two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. There may be a tear or two. Hey, absolutely, man. I mean, still your team, man. You, you grew up, team. yeah, you grew up dreaming about it. So you're professional when you have to be, but I don't know how professional many people are going to be when that banner is being no, raised. No, and, I, no. and I anticipate from everything they've done through this whole playoff run last year, I, 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 I literally don't know of anything they did wrong. Like as a franchise, as a team, like they, the, the parties that just sort of, the viewing parties, that is, that just sort of like happened organically. That wasn't a plan. That just was like, oh, God, there's so much attention. We should open the doors. And then it was like, oh, God, we should shut down the streets. Like it just, 
took over the city and the franchise did it right. I, I mean, you know, you think about like getting Joe Gibbs in here that night, getting Scherzer and Ryan Zimmerman right. in here yeah, that yeah. night. Yeah. I mean, they really did a lot of things right to capture the insanity that was going on in the city. And I can't imagine with all the months they've had to plan that that night, Wednesday night, is going to be anything less than spectacular. Yeah. I, I would love to see the Redskins win again. I would love to see the Wizards win the championship. But thank goodness it was the Caps who did it first. <laughs> because, you know, they're the team that has always had to fight for their place in this city, more so than in a lot of the other teams. So, you know, if they had won the Stanley Cup the year after the Redskins suddenly come back and win the Super Bowl again, I don't think it would have meant as much to the city as when they won that cup last year. So, I, I you know, thank goodness it was the Caps. And you're right. The, the celebration, they did it right. They brought it to the people. All that crap about, oh, act like you've been, you've been there. No, 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 no. No, they hadn't. No. They acted they exactly right. There. Right. And so they exa- acted exactly like they should have. They celebrated their asses off as well as they should have, and it was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be at the podcast party Monday night? I will be there. October 1st, Penn Commons, 7 o'clock. Please come join us. Me and JJ will be there. Alan May. Joe Beninati will be there. Our show producer, Ryan Billy, who's always involved in our post-game podcast. He'll be there as well. Grant Paulson from 106.7. He's going to stop by. We're trying to coax Al Koken to stop by, too. A smoking Al appearance. So please come join us at Penn Commons, 7 o'clock, Monday night, October 1st, before they raise the banner on Wednesday night. So we'll wait for that. We'll wait to see what happens with Tom Wilson. But all of that aside, we're just days away from watching what people literally have waited their whole lives to see. The banner get raised here at Capital One Arena. So we're looking forward to that. JJ, thanks so much. That's right. Anytime. All right. We'll see you Wednesday night after the banner gets raised. So long. Now that you've won the cup, what's number one on your bucket list of things you want to accomplish? Maybe skydive. Oh, interesting. You're the first one that didn't say do it again. Everyone said repeat. Oh, that's hard. Can I say repeat that? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, no problem.